Welcome to the Impactful PBL Podcast. I'm Candice, your host, a project-based learning coach and leader of the Impactful PBL Network. And you can find me at impactfulpbl.com. I'm on a mission to do good work with good people for good reasons, and I hope you are too. If you are a current or aspiring project-based educator looking for strategies and ideas to craft memorable learning experiences that empower your students to tackle challenges in their school and community through project-based learning, then you're in the right place. Join me as I share resources and tips to help you launch a PBL initiative in your classroom. Welcome to the Impact Makers community, and let's talk PBL. Hey, Impact Makers, I've heard from many of you, meaning those that listen to the podcast, attend my workshops, or communicate with me on LinkedIn about project-based learning, that you are finishing up a PBL unit. And I've been checking in with past and current members of the Impactful PBL Network to hear updates, what's working and what's not working. And depending on your experience, good or bad, I know that it can be easy to wrap up a PBL unit and immediately move on to the next unit without having closure, which can lead to feeling like the PBL unit ended abruptly. And it becomes that thing we did one time. But if we really want to build a strong PBL culture in classrooms, then there are some practices that must be done consistently. And whether you are facilitating a PBL experience or not, reflection is an important practice to implement. It's not uncommon for teachers to share that they skip the reflection process due to timing and maybe they'll do it next time. But honestly, that often means that the teacher don't really feel like reflection is important or they believe that it's an important practice, but not essential to learning. This way of thinking can stem from many things. One, It's possible that the teacher rarely intentionally reflects themselves, whether in their personal or professional life. Two, it's possible that because there isn't a grade attached to students reflecting or students are not being measured by how well they reflect, for example, during standardized testing, that the reflection process seemed insignificant. Three, it's possible that some teachers are unsure what reflection should look, sound and feel like in their classroom and therefore they just skip the process altogether. Now, if you are a teacher who doesn't incorporate or foster a reflective culture, ask yourself, why? Is it one of the reasons that I shared or is it something else? I'm often in spaces where educators state that learning should be more than just earning a good grade and how test results don't reveal a holistic view of students' learning journey and how they are frustrated with students only caring about the grade that they receive or how students are only motivated to complete tasks if a grade is assigned to it. But if we think about this, We, meaning educators, parents, and caring adults, oftentimes we foster this way of thinking, and perhaps unintentionally. I can name a dozen ways that we contribute to this way of thinking, but I'm going to stick to the one most relevant to today's episode. When teachers end a project abruptly, without closure, it often looks like this. A class spends weeks exploring a PBL topic. Maybe things went exactly as planned or maybe it didn't. And by the way, it's completely normal to experience challenges and need to make modifications during a PBL unit. It's actually part of the learning process for students and teachers. But back to the point, after spending weeks on the PBL experience, you are ready to move on. So you skip the reflection process. Students turn in their public product. Hopefully they had a chance to share it with an authentic audience besides their classmates. But either way, they turn it in and they do what? They get a grade and then they move on to the next unit. And maybe it's a PBL unit or maybe not. What did that just model? It modeled you create something to get a grade. In that scenario, students didn't reflect on their experience, whether it's about what they discovered about the content themselves, peers, society, or the problem itself. Project-based learning is beyond creating a cool product to display around the school or to share on your school's Facebook page just to say, look, we do PBL here. 
I don't want to go too deep into learning theories, but right now I am writing, researching, getting feedback, editing, rewriting, and the cycle continues during my dissertation process. Anyway, my research is based on the constructivism learning theory, which is a learning theory that states that learners construct new knowledge by building on prior knowledge and experiences. And as they gain more data, they're able to make predictions. There are two types of approaches to constructivism. You have social constructivism and you also have cognitive constructivism. Now, social constructivism states that knowledge is also gained through human interaction. So you could think about collaborations or group work, which contributes to a learner's overall experience with something. So since the constructivism learning theory is just that, a learning theory, you need to translate it into practice. So how do you implement this? It's often implemented through active learning instructional practices, such as, you guessed it, project-based learning. So if you subscribe to that learning theory or you believe that that is a way that students learn, then you can see why reflection is an important part of the learning process. We know that part of learning is building upon what you already know and being able to look at a situation and think about your past experience, your current experience and what you would do differently next time based off of what you learn. In John Dewey's What is Thought, Chapter One, How We Think, which he wrote in 1910, He basically states that to reflect means to think deeply or carefully about something. It's a thought, an idea, or an opinion made as a result of meditation. So typically when you reflect on a situation, you are linking previous actions, feelings, or thoughts to current actions, feelings, or thoughts, which sometimes leads you to thinking what and if you should have done something differently to achieve an alternate outcome. In phase nine of the Impactful PBL Roadmap, we plan how to lead students through the reflection process. And as we start to think about what role does reflection play in project-based learning, let's first consider what are some benefits of self-reflection. So some immediate benefits that I can think of is it allows students to see the importance of their own learning process. It also helps with process recognition, meaning that students can identify what they did well and what they need to change. And when we think about solutions and strategies, it provides students an opportunity to come up with solutions and strategies that would improve their learning. We can also think about the role that reflection plays in in motivation. Reflection provides students with motivation to learn and enjoy the process of learning. And this motivation comes from them of reflecting on their thoughts, their feelings and emotions. And then when we think about analysis, we can think about students would be able to know why they needed to learn the skills, the concept, theories or ideas that we're exploring. I know that when I was a middle school math teacher, one question that I always got was, why do I need to learn this? Miss McCain, will I ever use this in real life? Is this a waste of time? So students being able to reflect on their learning, they can start to make connections and see how their learning is relevant. We can help students build a reflective practice through a variety of strategies and techniques. And it's really up to you which one you choose. So they can reflect through journaling, through using rubrics to analyze their learning, to see where they are at different phases and what they could have done differently to get to the next phase. They can learn reflection through watching their teachers model thinking aloud, modeling how they reflect on certain situations. They can create video responses reflecting on a particular part of the PBL unit. They can reflect after receiving feedback. They can reflect through surveys by even just having opportunities to talk with peers about their experience. And then, of course, you can have exit tickets. You can have writing prompts. You can provide sentence stems or sentence starters to help them in the process. You can use KWL type charts so that they can track what they're learning. You can use online discussions or chats and the list goes on and on. 
We want them to reflect before learning new concepts, while learning new concepts, and after learning new concepts. Now, choosing which reflection questions to use depends on what your goal is for the reflection process. So if you want to help students become more aware of how they learn, you may ask questions such as, what class activities help you learn the most? What skills or strategies did you use to help you learn this content? But if you want to help students see the growth in their learning, you may ask questions such as, how can you show that you met this learning objective? What did you learn this week? If you want to help students with taking responsibility for their learning, you may ask questions like, the next time you get to do this activity, what would you change to improve your outcome? Or why might learning this skill be important? If you want to help students focus on social emotional skills or social emotional learning, then you may ask questions like, what was a challenge you had this week? And how did you try to overcome that challenge? I want to point out that reflection shouldn't just occur at the end of a PBL unit. I would say at minimum, students should reflect at the end of a PBL experience. However, reflective practices can be embedded throughout the experience and included as formative assessments, which are assessments for learning. And it occurs frequently throughout the project. And if you're interested in exploring more about assessments in PBL learning environment, check out episode 13, Six Ways to Assess Students During PBL Experiences. Now, what can you do this week? Regardless if you are in the middle of a PBL unit or not, build a time for students to reflect on their learning. This could be a weekly five-minute practice in your classroom. Plan when and how students will engage in the reflective process. Be prepared to provide structure. Maybe you provide reflection questions or guide students through a reflective protocol. Initially, start small with quick ways for them to reflect. As students become more familiar with the process, you can become more elaborate. To recap, Reflection is a key part of the learning process. It allows students to connect past experiences to particular outcomes, which in turn impact future decisions. They're able to build upon prior knowledge to construct new knowledge. It also allows them to make a deeper connection with the concepts that they are exploring, which can provide meaning and purpose for what may originally feel like just another school assignment. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. If you found this episode insightful, do me a favor, leave a review or share it with a teacher friend. And don't forget to join us for the next episode.